God does unexpected things through unexpected people to accomplish his purpose any way he wants to. I want you today to be the unexpected choice. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. And man, am I fired up today. I'm just going to tell you, I am fired up. After the break, we are going to talk about Deborah, one of the 12 judges of Israel. You don't want to miss this because your girl's got a soapbox today. She's going to stand on, okay? I'm so glad that you are meeting me here today. I am just beyond grateful. I took a little uh, break last week because... It is, and I would like to wish my husband a happy 19th wedding anniversary. Y'all, we took a little break for my 19th wedding anniversary. We went on a little trip and I missed you while I was gone. So I'm super, super glad to be back. But yes, I have been married for 19 years. When that happens, (laughs) how that went so fast. I have no idea. Um, Being married, it's wonderful. It challenges you, sharpening, stable, secure things ever. And y'all know I did it wrong the first time, but I did it right the second time. And I'm so incredibly thankful for my husband. My husband is the nicest person you will ever meet in your life. He is so nice. (laughs) Everybody loves my husband, but he treats me like an absolute queen and Man, 19 years and four kids later, I just can't even believe that we're here. So happy anniversary to Eddie. Okay, so I have a couple of announcements for you. We are taking the Autumn Mile Show on the road. And uh, we've already heard back from you. We're actually in talks with a couple of people about coming to where you guys are, which is awesome. We would like to come to you, bring the show. We could do the podcast. I could speak, whatever it is, but it's so fun to like tour around and meet you guys. If you're interested in hosting the Autumn Mile Show with your girl over here, email hello at autumnmiles.com and we will 100% get back to you and start those talks. Also, we want you guys to send us your stories. What is God doing in your life? You guys know I hit that at the end of every show, every single show. What you guys send to us is so encouraging. It's so, it keeps us going. It keeps us going to another show. I want to know what is the spirit of God doing in your life and how can we encourage other people's faith? Because that's in essence what you're doing when you send it to me and we broadcast it out. Thousands of people hear this. And a lot of people are encouraged and you never know who might be going to the same trial that you're going through. They hear what God did in your life and it moves them to believe for what God can do in theirs. So send me your stories. What is God doing in your life at hello at autumnmiles.com as well. Okay. I have actually a big announcement for my what's God doing in my life. (laughs) segment today. I typically talk about the kids and, you know, and I love that. I mean, I'm never going to stop, but I want to just preface this by saying several months ago, maybe even a year ago, I just felt God shifting me in a different direction. I don't like that feeling because I know it. (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, I can feel a shift. Oh, no, I don't like this. I don't like the uncertainty it brings. I don't like I really don't like anything about transition. It's not fun. I don't love it. Who does? But about a year ago, I could sense God shifting things. And I could probably talk about this for an entire episode one day. And maybe I will one day. But one of the huge things that God began to do in my heart was to tell me, I've got something new for you. I've got something new for you. Something that you haven't done yet. Now, y'all know 
your girl will do whatever and ha- has I'll do whatever God wants me to do. I don't it's, what what do you want, Lord? I'm game. I'm here for it. I am not going to be the one that goes to heaven and didn't live the maximum capacity in my life. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit around and eat Doritos all day. I want to be out there doing God. What in the world? And there ain't nothing wrong with Doritos. I love a good Dorito over here, but I want to be active for the kingdom. I want my life to count. So Lord, make it count. Well, about a year ago, I felt this shift and um, we are involved in our church. We love our church. We we attend Gateway Church. Pastor Robert Morris is our pastor. And we've been there for several years now. My husband is on staff at one of the campuses and, you know, is a pastor over there. And it's just an amazing place. We love it. A lot of you guys ask me, you know, where do you go to church? That's where I go, in case you're wondering. But a couple of months ago, I was approached about doing something I don't think I ever thought I would do. They have an amazing prison ministry at Gateway. And um, I was talking to the pastor of the prison ministry, and um, he has planted, I think, I think it's seven churches and men's prisons in the state of Texas over the last you know, however many years. Amazing, amazing guy, loves Jesus, so passionate about this line of work, but he was really wanting, hoping for someone to take the charge to go into the women's units in prison, prisons here in Texas, and plant churches there. And, um, you know, when he told me about it, I was like, that is awesome. I love it. I support you a hundred percent, anything I could do to help, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then very shortly after that, I would say a month or two after that, he, we had a long lunch. I think it was like a three hour lunch. Eddie was with me and we were talking to him just about his vision and all that kind of stuff. And shortly after that lunch, he asked me to be the woman to be the pastor that starts to plant churches in these women prisons. And I prayed about it for a long time, you guys, long time, long time. (laughs) And I have decided and feel that God has moved to accept that position. And so nothing's going to change about what I do. This will be an addition too, because of course, why not make my life more crazy? But I have to tell you, this is an opportunity that I feel God wants me to step into. And when he asks you to do something, he's the one that provides the capacity for you. And he's the one that leads you. And if you're leading right behind him, he shows you what to invest your time in and what to stay away from. No is a big word in my life um, because I say no to a lot of things. But yes, those few yeses is also you know, obviously just as life-changing. So if you would just be praying for me, because we are going to launch churches in the women's units in Texas. And we are, we're starting that work as we speak, guys. Actually, it's already started. <laughs> so that will be in addition to what I do. So you're still going to get your girl every Tuesday right here. But I just wanted to give you an update because it's big especially with the Mother's Day just came and went, but I want my kids to see me, my faith being stretched. I want my kids to see their mom stepping into a realm that was unexpected, but very anointed by God for her life. I want my kids to be able to not have to refer to the giants and the patriarchs and matriarchs of scripture to see their faith and to model their faith after them. I also want them to see that kind of faith in their own home. And so we're raising a legacy. We're not raising children. We're raising a legacy that is going to carry on the gospel, we believe, for generations until Jesus tarries. But in order to do that, we have to be examples of the faith, not just talk about the faith. We have to live it. And it's really interesting, the conversations that I've had with my children over this opportunity and just to see their faith 
being stirred and encouraged is, is just absolutely amazing. So pray for me. That's a little life update for me. If you see something on social, you will have heard it here first because we haven't posted it on social yet, but so exciting. That's what's going on in my life. I will be back right after the break with a word. And I'm on a, I'm a soapbox over here today about my girl, Deborah. I'll see you guys in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. So in the vein of doing unexpected things, we're in this series about women. We've talked about Esther, which P.S., by the way, I loved all those passages of scripture. Oh my gosh, encouraged me so much. Last week, we talked about Rahab. This week, I want to zero in on, and I might, you guys, I might do a two-weeker on this. I might, because there's so much here that I don't know if I can, I, I can get it done in one episode. So, we might come back for Deborah, and Deborah is really not someone that's talked about a ton, but we're going to talk about her today. I want you guys to think back to Joshua. You know, Joshua did a lot of things right, okay? The Israelites during his, um, under his leadership, you know, maintained peace for, you know, for the most part. and. Then <laughs> Joshua died. Okay. And what happened after Joshua died? You know, here the nation of Israel, and I'm trying to go go there in my head, has had so many successes, you guys. So many successes. I mean, you know them all. They're all legendary. We talk about them a lot. But there is this era that, you know, Moses comes and goes, Joshua comes, and then he goes. And then because there's no strong leader in the nation, Israel does what they do best. Let me read it for you in Judges 2 verse uh, 6. When Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord, which he had done in Israel. Now, verse eight, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died at the age of 110. So he lived a good long life. He was absolutely an incredible leader. The people he raised up after him were great leaders. They maintained the nation of Israel serving God during that time. But then they died. And there arose a generation of Israelites who didn't care about God. They didn't honor God. The stories of the Red Sea and Jericho were not their stories. They were fables or they were legends of things that had been. 
they were not living according to what they knew could be the power of God, because no doubt they knew all the stories. So guess what? They turned to serve tons of idols and it made the Lord mad. And I want to say, you know, we're, I'm setting this up for Deborah. Okay. I want to tell you what happened and how gracious and awesome our God is. He doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us in this place of serving other idols. Now he, he will, but God is so compassionate. Yes. Is he a God of uh, justice? Absolutely. But he is also very compassionate and he loves us. So out of his compassion, God raised up what is called judges in this time period, which is post Joshua and precedes the monarchy. Okay. So there was no King yet. King Saul was not crowned yet. Okay. Samuel wasn't a thing yet, but God in the interim period between Joshua and the monarchy raised up men and a woman, a woman to judge and to rule over Israel. I want to read this to you. Uh, This is Judges 2, verse 14. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of the plunderers who plundered them. The Lord just said, okay, fine, your enemies can rule over you for a little bit. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. It's so sad. These Israelites had God working for them, and then all of a sudden he took his hand off because they served other gods. He took his hand off of the protection that they had and allowed them to be overcome by their enemies because they would not serve him. He chose to step back. That is terrifying. Okay. Verse 15, when, wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had spoken and as the Lord had sworn to them, so they were severely distressed. Listen, then verse 16, 216, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they didn't listen to the judges for they played the harlot after the gods and bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying in the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. And listen, verse 18, when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies. The Lord was with the judge. The Lord sided with the judge. They had favor because of the judge. He's the one that lifted up the leader to actually help the nation of Israel overcome their enemies that were taking them over. They delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed and afflicted them. But it came about when the judge died, they would turn back. Now, I want to make this very clear. (laughs) And here comes my soapbox. Verse 16 says this, then the Lord raised up Judges. Now, judges were uh, ruled on a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. I mean, they were basically they ruled on civil things. They ruled on all, all sorts of different things. They were the leader, the head, and it says very clearly in this text, they were the head of Israel. And who raised them up? Then the Lord raised up judges. Who raised them up? The Lord raised up judges. Who raised them up? The Lord raised up judges. Verse 18 says this, when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hands of their enemies all the days of the judge. Who raised up the judge? The Lord. The Lord raised up the judge. Now, I know there were 12 judges. Probably because of the uh, numerology behind the number 12, but also 12, 12 spies, 12 tribes in Israel. You know, 12 is a very significant number in the scripture. There is three judges before Deborah. And then 
Judges 4.1. The sons of Israel, again, after the third judge died, did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them, Israel, into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Haraseth, and I'm not even going to try to say that last word. The sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. Let me read that again. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. Okay, here we go. The Lord, 2.16, raised up judges who delivered them from the hand of who plundered them. 18, when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hands of the enemies all the days of the judge. Let's go back. 4-4. Four, four. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. So let me ask you this question. Who raised up Deborah? The Lord did. The Lord raised her up. To, yes, lead as a judge. As the other 11 judges led Deborah was one of the 12 judges who led the nation of Israel during the duration of time between Joshua and the monarchy. And she was the fourth one. She wasn't the last one. She was the fourth one. <laughs> I'm a little about this because I, I actually had a whole different thing to, to talk about today. And I mean, you guys, you guys go with me on this and just lean in. Here we have Deborah, who is a judge, but the Bible says in 4 4, uh, Judges 4 4, Deborah, a prophetess first. Then he says, the Bible calls her the wife of Lapidoth. So she's married to a guy, and we know nothing about him. Nothing, like nothing which is weird. Like, who's this guy? That's what I want to know. <laughs> who's the guy who chose Deborah? Who's that guy? I want to like have a combo with that dude. What's it like to be married to Deborah? Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at this time. Deborah had something that no one else had. She was a judge, but she was also a prophet. And if you understand what prophets are, prophets, especially, you know, and during this time, I mean, they didn't have the spirit of God. The spirit of God was there, but he didn't indwell in people until Pentecost. But what you have to understand is that these prophets were the mouthpiece of almighty God. Deborah was not just a judge who was leading Israel. She was also a prophetess, same as Miriam. There's, there's several women that were defined as this in the scripture. She was a representative and the very mouthpiece of God, just like Isaiah, just like Jeremiah, just like all of Ezekiel, all these prophets. She was also included in that group. So with the woman... She wasn't just a judge. In addition to that, she was a prophet. And who raised her up? I just want to make this clear. The Lord, verse 16, Judges 2, 16. The Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Now, I do a lot of study, guys, when I do these. I, I mean, it's not like I just have all this in my brain because <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I mean, my whole model in school was C's get degrees. Do you know what I'm saying? It was not bad. I don't teach my kids that. As a matter of fact, I tell them I was 
what they should not be as a student in school until college. And I got good grades in college. I study hard for this stuff, guys. Real hard. I was up at four o'clock this morning. I'm not saying that to feel like whatever, but I just felt so strongly I needed to get up and I needed to study before I came before you today. So 4 a.m. <laughs> is actually a beautiful time in my house because everyone's snoring and sleeping and it's quiet and the dog's asleep. Oh, that dog. I can't believe we still have a dog. But it's just me and my coffee and my word. And I knew I was going to talk about Deborah today. And really, it's so funny because on my notes right here, I have half of a page of orange notes, which I have pre-prepared for today. <laughs> I prepared them days ago. And I have a half a page of black notes. So I wrote an orange pen one, one day when I was preparing this. And then this morning, I wrote in black pen. So just so you know, I have two messages that I could preach right now. But I really, really felt... Like I needed to share this. I look through a lot of different stuff. I'm constantly looking up the original language of everything. And there's several commentaries that I read from, several commentators that I really like. I do a lot of cross-referencing, you know. So when I share something with you, it's not, it's not just off the top of my head. I, I, I'm just not that smart. I've studied. Because I know that a lot of you guys trust what I say. And I was studying this morning and Lord, just help me. Lord, just help me say the right thing. I was studying this morning and came across a lot of commentaries. I don't know how many I read, maybe six. Matthew Henry, I like a lot. If you ever want to know you know, what he, what he says, he's, he's a great commentator. I, I agree with him most of the time, but these are commentators. They're humans. Are they smart? Yep. <laughs> Do they know a lot? Yep. Have they studied a lot? Yes, they have. I respect them all. But comments after comment after comment after comment, as I read this morning, and I, I really agreed with Matthew Henry, so what that's what I'm saying is, I would say four of them started to degrade Deborah. And, you know, I'm just being honest with you. That's just what I read. You know, was she actually a judge? Was Barack also a judge? Which we'll talk about him in just a second. One of the ones that I read multiple times talked about all the 11 of the judges because that's what they do. But then when they got to Deborah, all 12, excuse me, of the judges. Um, but when they got to Deborah, what the word that they kept using is Deborah was an unexpected choice. Deborah was an unexpected choice. Deborah, a woman, was an unexpected choice. An unexpected choice by God, Deborah. God chose Deborah which was unexpected. The only reason that she was unexpected is because she was a woman. And he basically said that in the, in the commentary. She was a woman. It was unexpected. And I understand, you know, where they're pulling, they're pulling passages from the New Testament. And I 100% get that. But I was very moved by reading the multiple commentaries about Deborah, because she was the judge in Israel, period, during that time. I was moved by it because I want to be an unexpected choice. There's men and there's women, too, that write their comments down on what they believe the Bible is saying. They have an opinion based on what the Bible is saying and doing in that story or passage or whatever it is. They have an opinion based on their intellect. And they try to explain what God is trying to say in the pages of scripture. And after I read commentary after commentary after commentary, I had to just stop because I realized that some of these commentaries were trying to justify 
a decision that God himself made without consulting them of who to place and lead Israel during that time. She was unexpected. But she was who God raised up. I want you to be the unexpected choice. God didn't make any excuses as to why he raised up a woman judge. He doesn't answer to anybody. He doesn't answer to me. He don't answer to you. <laughs> he answers to his own character. He answers to his own power. He, ans- he himself guarantees his promises and his character guarantees how he acts. And as I was reading those commentaries, coupled with scripture, I realized that the comments that were coming from them were just someone's opinion from people that didn't understand why Deborah was the choice. And I just want to tell you, sometimes people don't understand. God does unexpected things through unexpected people to accomplish his purpose any way he wants to. I want you today to be the unexpected choice. I really love Deborah because she has, she doesn't even know. I'll tell her one day when she goes to heaven. When I get to heaven, she's already there. I'll tell her how she inspired me as a strong woman. I'll tell her thank you for standing in the gap for a girl like me with a calling from God that other people didn't understand. When I get to heaven, I'm going to see my girl Rahab. We're going to like high five. We're going to hug. We're going to have a little convo. And then I'm going after Deborah. Because women like me need to know and need to see this story to be encouraged that sometimes God makes a choice that no one understands or can't justify. They're trying to make excuses why God made this choice, but he didn't ask their permission. Let me read the text about Deborah. Now, Deborah... Her name, by the way, means B, which I think is fantastic because she like, you know, bees, uh, you know, they'll, they'll come after you and they will sting you. <laughs> Every time I see a bee, I'm like, mm, I'm good. Um, but I love that her name means B because she was bold, courageous, fearless, wise, People were attracted to her. I mean, you think of, you know, uh, bees and honey. They were literally attracted to her because of her wisdom. So here she is now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah, which is funny, between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel, listen, just just like honey. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now, she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh, Naphtali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go, march to Mount Tabor, and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. Okay. And then Barak said to her, I'm going to read a couple of verses, then I'm going to stop. Said to her, if you will go with me, then I'll go. If you'll go with me, then I'll go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. No Deborah, no battle. That's how awesome she was. Verse nine, she said, I will surely go with you nevertheless. The honor shall not be yours on the journey, 
that you are about to take for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Now, I want you to be the unexpected choice by God. I think some of us are scared to be this unexpected choice. I think some of us count ourselves out because, I mean, maybe we are a girl and we think, you know, a woman and we think, well, we can never do that. Maybe we don't have the money that someone else has or the connections that someone else has. Maybe we don't have the experience that someone else has. Maybe someone else is more everything than we are. But that does not disqualify us. If God's anointing is raising us up. Who, who rose up? The judges? Oh, the Lord raised them up. Judges 2.16 and Judges 2.18. The Lord chose her. You know why? Because he saw in her the qualities that were necessary in order to judge Israel successfully and actually bring about a great victory in tandem with Barak and Jael, which we'll talk about in just a second. The Lord saw that she possessed the qualities in her that may to the to some people be um, unexpected, but they were perfectly manipulated and calculated by the hand of Almighty God. I want you to own being the unexpected person. Choice. Just own it. There are so many conference rooms and, oh my gosh, all sorts of meetings that I've sat in where I've looked around and I've been the only girl there, the absolutely only girl there. <laughs> There's like 30 guys in there and then there I am, hey guys, what's up, you know, <laughs> drinking my little Diet Coke, you know. The unexpected choice, but chosen nonetheless. The unexpected choice does not mean you're the last pick. It means you just are different than other people. Own that. God doesn't disqualify us because of what man's opinions are. Anointing breathes on us. And when he raises us up, we are to step into it no matter what it looks like. The nation of Israel, those people were going to see Deborah, the prophetess, because she had wisdom and she spoke on behalf of God, not anybody else. And that's what they wanted. Be and own the unexpected choice and own it. We've come to a point so far in our society and in, in the world where we think we know what God wants. <laughs> we think we can calculate exactly who God chooses. We think, you know, so, some people, I mean, I'm in some churches and they think they could write the Bible better than God did. <laughs> they could do miracles better than he did. Some of the stuff I'm like, whoa, you guys are playing with fire over here. She might've been unexpected from 21st century, whoever, but she was perfectly positioned by God. I'm talking to a very specific group of people today. I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I know you have stepped into or you're stepping into something that may seem uncomfortable to you. But let me tell you something. God, not one time made any apology for appointing Deborah, a judge, the fourth judge of Israel. And if he has chosen you to step into that position, you don't have to make apologies for a decision that God Almighty made for you. You step into it and you let God silence Everyone around you that thinks, oh, that decision was a little unexpected. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is for his glory, not your understanding. Everything he does is for himself. He makes decisions based on his view, not our limited mindsets. Step into it. I have been that person. The next thing I want to say is this, be the unexpected support. Be the unexpected support. Let people underestimate you. <laughs> Can I say that? Deborah had to have been quite 
the leader and quite the prophet because Barak, who was a pretty amazing man himself, wouldn't go to war without her. Let me read it. Verse six, four, verse six. Now she, Deborah, sent and summoned. She's judging Israel. So you go when the judge calls, you know what I'm saying? She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, this is what she said, behold, speaking on behalf of God, the Lord, the God of Israel has commanded. So she's, she's a prophet and a judge. Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. I will draw out to you. Now, remember, Deborah is in charge. And because of the judges, God gave the nation of Israel favor. So she, she is kind of the one that is hearing from God, but is also kind of commanding the army and the leader of the army in order to bring about success and victory for the Israelite people. So this is like her whole battle plan right here. She is telling Barak, go march to Mount Tabor, take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. I will draw out to you Sisera, who is the, okay, it says it right here, the commander of Jabin's army. I'm going to bring the leader out. Okay, this is what's going to happen when you do this. When you get these 10,000 men, this is what's going to happen. With his chariots, because like it says in verse number three, they had 900 iron chariots. That's why the nation of Israel was terrified of them. Because iron chariots, 900, that's a lot. Warriors on those chariots, they could kill a lot of people. So they were terrified. She says, I will draw Sisera, the commander of Javan's army with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. Now, this is speaking on behalf of God. I, God, will give him into your hand. She was a prophet, okay? You got to remember that. Then Barak said to her, so she's speaking on behalf of God. This is what we're going to do, okay? This is it, okay? And she is his mouthpiece and also his servant. Then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, excuse me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Be the unexpected support. Now, I want to say this because a warrior like Barack, and I think his name means Thunderbolt, if I'm not, I know I studied that. Ah, it does. It means Thunderbolt. I remembered that. So he's a thunderbolt, right? Uh, you know, their names meant a lot. Here's this thunderbolt, Barack, and he's looking at this woman who has just spoken on behalf of God, giving him uh, the game plan, go round up 10,000 troops. I'm going to call out Sisera, which is the commander of the army, everything. And then it says very clearly, I will give him into your hand. Okay. Barack said to her, if you will go with me, then I'll go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Deborah, if you don't go, I'm not going. Be the unexpected support. A warrior, a thunderbolt, who had the capabilities of bringing together 10,000 men, looked at a woman and said, I ain't going if you're not going, sister. You better sign up for this too, because I'm not going if you're not going. She was so much of a valuable asset that he knew, and he's smart, this is a smart man. He knew that if he took Deborah with him, number one, he would have the word of the Lord with him because she was a prophet. And number two, all of the nation of Israel would see it was legit and he was legitimized by her very presence be the unexpected support. This is a twist in this story that I love because here men and women join forces together to fight the enemy on behalf of God himself, a man and a 
woman are like, dude, you need to go. Deborah says, I'll, I'll go with you. You need to go. I'm not going without you. Okay, I'll go. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Barack didn't look at her and say, really? Is that from God? You know you're a girl. Is that from God? He respected her so much that he said, I'm not even going to do it if you're not with me. Be the unexpected support. We've got a lot of people out here that desperately need someone that hears from God like Deborah to speak into their lives, to support them when they go into whatever battle they're facing in their life. We need people who hear from God, who have a prophetic gift, a discerning gift, a gift of intercessory prayer, whatever it is that your gift is, we need those people to stand up and to speak, knowing that they have heard from God and encourage people like Barack, who is probably from the text, it seems as if he is scared to even go without her because of the state of the nation of Israel at that time. We need Deborah's to arise right now. We need people that know that they hear from the Lord, not to just say, well, was it me or was it the Lord? Was it me or was it the Lord? Find out, have a conversation with God. Learn what your spiritual gift is. We need people like Deborah who can speak into other people's lives and can say, I see this in you. I see what you're praying for. I'm going to support you. Even people that you don't even know, maybe at church. I really feel like God's telling me this about you. I want to encourage you. Can I pray over you? Be the unexpected support. People need support. This warrior in Barak, the Thunderbolt, needed Deborah to accompany him and they joined forces. And because they joined forces and he did his thing and she did her thing, they overcame this army. And Israel was at peace 40 years. Be the unexpected choice. Be the unexpected support. Now's the time. What is your spiritual gift? Have you ever taken a test? Have you ever done any of that? What is your spiritual gift? Start walking in it. Walk in whatever that is. We're teaching our children right now what that is, because that spiritual gift the word talks about is given to you by God to do what he wants you to do this side of heaven. Eddie and I press in to our spiritual gifts on a very regular basis. Eddie said he was, uh, the other day he saw a couple I know we're weird about, I mean, we're not, we're not weird about it. It seems weird in our society, but we're, we're just doing what God's asked us to do. But he didn't even tell me about this a couple of days ago. He came home and he said, I just want to tell you this couple, I saw them and they really needed, they needed help. And I knew that. And the Lord was telling me this couple needs this. And he said, I went and got my truck and I turned my, my ignition on and I was about to reverse and leave. And he said, I put the car in park. And I got out of my truck because I knew that God was speaking to me. And I walked in and I talked to the couple and gave them exactly what they needed. Not because he's trying to be a nice person, because God said, this is what I want you to do. You are my hands and feet. Be the unexpected support. When he walked in and they looked at him, they thought he was crazy until they realized he was sent by God to be the unexpected support. Barack said, I'll go if you go. I need your support. And this is what she said back. Verse nine, she said, I will surely go with you. I'll go with you. I have had so many friends go through incredibly difficult times. Well, they'll call me and, you know, there's tears, there's sobbing, there's crying. And I've done this too, lots. And I listen, I say, okay, I'm going to pray you through this entire season that you're in. I'll be your support. You don't have faith. You can borrow mine. You're weak. I'm not weak. I'm strong. 
I can bear this burden with you. It's amazing as you walk through and are with someone, what happens when someone feels fully supported, how they're able to face things when they feel fully supported and not isolated and not alone. When they know that someone is reaching out to God on their behalf, it's amazing how when two or three are gathered, there the Lord is right in the midst of them and the power of the Lord shows up strong. Be the unexpected support. I don't know if Deborah expected Barack to look at her and be like, I ain't going if you're not going. But she went and she supported him and she was there and she was visible and she saw that battle through all the way to the end. And a man and a woman joined forces, not fighting against each other, but together and together they are what was able to defeat their foe. Be the unexpected support. Next point God gave me this morning is be the unexpected messenger. In verse nine, she says, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, I got to tell you something, Barack. <laughs> the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Now, I think a lot of people think that Deborah was talking about herself. <laughs> she wasn't. She said, basically, she said, you know what? I'm going to go with you. We're going to join forces. We're going to do this thing. But you need to know something. You're not going to get the glory for this battle, Barak. Because you didn't go by yourself. A woman is going to get the glory for this battle. And sure enough, and I think I'm going to talk about this next week, so just stay tuned. A woman named Jael, Jael, Heber's wife, actually delivered the victory for Israel and for Barak and for Deborah. We'll talk about that next week. Be the unexpected messenger. You know, sometimes um, there are things that need to be said that, I mean, they're not even bad things. They're just true things um, that nobody wants to say. Sometimes if you are in a position, and Deborah was definitely in the position of authority to say something not mean, just true to Barack. Hey, dude, I'm going to go, but just P.S. by the way. You're not going to get the glory for this one. It's going to go to a woman because you wouldn't go by yourself. I'm just telling you. Be the one to deliver an unexpected message. I have a couple of people in my life where very recently I had a conversation where I was able to get really, really raw with the person that I was meeting with. <laughs> and it wasn't even like therapy or anything. It was like a friend. And I was able to just kind of get down. They were really good when we were having this conversation. I was kind of just able to get down to what I was actually feeling and told them how I was feeling about the situation and, you know, all the things. And this person looked at me and they spoke. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was truth to me where I don't think anyone has said what they said to me in that moment. It was a, a divine word, a rhema word for me in that moment. It was an unexpected messenger, but they rose to the occasion and said exactly what my heart needed to hear in order to calm me down, what I was feeling down. And I mean, I was, I thought about that, you know, for a couple months now, that conversation. Barack needed to hear, listen, because you didn't do this, a woman's going to get credit for the end of this battle. Be the unexpected choice. Be the unexpected support. Be the unexpected messenger. And own it. When God is asking you to do something, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of what? our faith.
You don't look to the left. You don't look to the right. You fix your eyes on Jesus. Everyone's comments, everyone's opinions are not what you fix your mind on. You fix your eyes. On, are you looking at? Are you consulting him? Is he asking you to do something unexpected? Guys, this prison pastor thing came out of nowhere. <laughs> this was not on my five-year plan. Unexpected. But you know what God said? I'm calling you to do this. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter how you feel. I just want you to obey. I just want you to obey. Let me deal with them. You listen to me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Be an unexpected choice, support, and be the unexpected messenger. And let God handle everything else. We're going to have to do part two of this, you guys. Uh, we will be back. I hope this encouraged you today. It was kind of out of nowhere. Again, I have two sets of notes, but I hope this encouraged you today to step into something and you're feeling a little like, man, I don't know about this. Well, you know what, Step, if God asks you to do it and he's raising you up, you step into it. I'll see you after the break for a question and a story from one of you. Back in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at, at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Every day, a new day, yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X-Y-Z-A. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm back. Ooh, I needed to like deliver that message. It's like a baby inside my brain. I just need to like give birth to it. Okay, we have a testimony. We have a word from you guys. This is what God is doing in your life. I love it. It says this. I had been feeling like I hadn't heard from God in a while. Just this past Sunday, I felt God was calling me out to pray for a person at my church that had gone down front for prayer. This is exactly what I was talking about, those spiritual gifts. This is perfect. As I was praying, God even gave me a specific word for this person. It was a really powerful and encouraging faith moment for me in that person now knows that they have heard from God. That is awesome. I love that. I, I, you know, it's like, that's why God calls us, you guys, the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We house the light and we need to do these types of things. I was at an airport not long ago and, and saw a God highlighted someone to me and I went up and I talked to him and his whole demeanor changed. When God says, Hey, go encourage that person, do it, obey. It's important. They need what God is telling you to say to them. So I love this. I love that they were a messenger. I love it, love it, love it. Keep doing that, you guys. Encourage, make the phone call, send the text message, and, and let it will not just encourage their faith. It will in turn encourage your faith as well because you know that you are being used in that exact moment by God himself. Okay, love it. 
Here's our question. What does it mean? What does it mean, the saying, the image of God? If God is a spirit and invisible, how can he have an image? We were made in the very image of God. Now, now throughout the scripture, there, there is a description of God, you know, in, in different places in the scripture, but we are made in the very character Characteristics of God. That's a, that is exactly what that means. So when you're made in His image, you literally have His imprint on you. And I don't know what else you want me to answer with that. But when He says we're made in His image, we are literally imprinted with him on us. And so I think that answers that question. If not, hit me back with another question. Hello, autumnmiles.com. I love you guys. I hope you like this, this three-part series. I am going to talk a little bit more about Deborah next week, just because we didn't even get to the good, like the real, real good stuff about the battle, about JL. I mean, she was amazing, but the song, Deborah and Brock, their song together, which is just so beautiful because they came together in tandem and worshiped the Lord. It's just so beautiful. So we'll talk, we'll do a part two or next week. If you'll let me, if I may come back and see me next week. I love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing week. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.